You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, we're not afraid. We'll show up. We'll show up every week. If you didn't think we would, here we are alongside the founder and administrator of Warchant.com. He is Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang. I'm the director of original content. And uh, there's a lot of content to generate coming out of this football game. None of it good. Most of it odious. That was a good word used in the broadcast. Gene Williams. We're going to get to the callers in a little bit here on the Warchant.com postgame show, which is brought to you by Team Paper. More on our sponsor in just a moment as well. But the floor is yours, Gene. It was ugly, but I will say no more. I will allow you to fill in the blanks. And there were a lot of them. Yeah, I'm waiting for these fans. I'm sure they'll have nothing to say about this, but it was it's our worst fears realized. I mean, you were at the end of the day, you're like, we are all hoping that was kind of an aberration against Jacksonville State. It was a short week after the emotional Notre Dame game and just everything. Just whatever you do, do not get blown out by Wake Forest. And of course, they get blown out by Wake Forest. And all the warts that we'd that we'd seen the last couple of years, they all resurfaced again. Yep. Um, no matter what it is. I mean, I, I we Tom, you and I talked beforehand. This is the worst situational team I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a third down on defense or a third down on offense, you know Florida State is going to fail. It's going to be whether it's a play call, whether it's a, a penalty, an untimely penalty, a missed assignment, something every time goes wrong with this team, and I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't know what you got to do, and I, I know we're going to get this. We're going to get all the fire threads and all that thing, but and I've been I've been the one to stand pat the whole time in terms of the, and I'm not going to go, you're not firing Mike Norvell anytime soon. But I will say, I hate to say it because I, I like Adam Fuller. And when you talk to him, he's a smart guy. He knows what's going on defensively. He gets it. He's a sharp guy. But it's not translating. You can't give up what you did to this team, a Wake Forest. Um, let's face it. They're they're a mediocre to average team at best. Yep. And that, to them to roll all over you defensively and to have the breakdowns you had on that side of the ball, at some point you can't just keep doing that. you got to make a change. This is the first time they're 0-3 since 1976 the start of season, every bad record we've seen continues to fall and you can't just continue. Something is not right. And I really thought this would start to correct itself eventually, but it's not, you, you've got to make some changes. My, it's hard for Mike Norvell. I know he, he has faith in him, but look, I think Mike Norvell's got some history of success offensively. Kenny Dillingham has some success in history. What, it, what, what resume does Adam Fuller, he hasn't accomplished really anything. I get it. So I think he's got, he's, he, 
you can't continue this. And I think you need to make a mid, whether it's Randy Shannon, you bring someone else in, whatever. I think you need to make a change. Okay. Well, that's important, Gene. So what you're saying right now on the warchant.com postgame show is you've seen enough when it comes to the defensive court. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's plenty of problems on offense. I mean, I'm not giving those guys a pass at all. But, I mean, let's face it. You've had another – I mean, how many injuries to the offensive line? I I know it sounds like excuses – but there's some things on that side of the ball. You recruit a horribly at wide receiver. You don't have you don't have power a power five wide receiver on this team right now. Maybe some of the freshmen can emerge and they can be, but they're not they're not good there. You've had massive injuries on the offensive line. Your two best offensive linemen were not in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but the the play calling is horrific. It has been, but I think it can get better there. So I, I'm not willing to throw those guys out because they've accomplished a few things before. But I, I'm throwing the gauntlet down right now. You need you have to make a change. You can't do this against Wake Forest and let them run all over to convert third downs left and right and run the ball up and down the field on you. No, it has to stop. Hector, uh, there will be hard questions asked. I'm sure that there will be in the coaches' meetings as well because accountability will be had. The funny thing is, Gene, and we'll rifle through some of the people who supported us early on, thank you for coming out the gates, everybody. Thank you for Oh. We absolutely appreciate it. And make sure I'm not. Def- oh, come on. Come on. Some guy. I appreciate the tip so much. <laughs> I am not defending. It was horrible. It's embarrassing what he did. You cannot fire a coach at this point. I'm not defending him. It, it's, this is on him 100 percent. But I think that's why I'm saying he needs to start making some major changes. Um, OK, for the cut beard. the beard. Maybe maybe I need to do that. Well, they've been um, pulling for so I'm saying Norvell, make a hard decision. Change your court defensive coordinator. At least that's the beginning. Start there because something has to change. Yeah, they're they're calling for Ira to shave his head to complete the bald triumvirate for seminal headlines. They're calling for Dean Williams to <laughs> shave try anything, beard. man. Maybe I, maybe I need to shave the beard. Uh, we certainly appreciate all the support early on, Eric. You've been great to us, obviously. Yes. Uh, you know, a pillar. Eric is a pillar. A pillar for the JCS. A pillar for everything here at Warchant. We appreciate you. The funny thing is, Gene, to get to the to the blood and guts of it. I walk away in this game more mad at the offense than I do the defense. The defense was on the field forever and a day in the first half. I don't know what the plan was on offense. Can we oh, break down blow by blow this week? First, when they release the depth chart, the or is gone between the two quarterbacks. <laughs> it is not a two-quarterback system anymore, according to uh... the stats. From the observable portions of practice that we can cover, it looked like on Tuesday and Wednesday, again, from the observable portions of practice that Mackenzie Milton was getting more time with the ones. All right. And yet he gets one series. And because Jay Sean Corbin uh, fumbles the ball, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to switch and put Jordan Travis in there and then leave him in there. This is like, I, I'm asking a basic question for the second week in a row. What was the game plan? Mm-hmm. Because there are two explanations. One, you didn't have one or two. You panicked after the fumble or after the second series, and you said, the hell with it. Let's see who's got the hot hand. That's not – who's got the hot hand is not a game plan. You don't think, Tom, that was a plan coming in? Again, I think that's one of the questions in the postgame. They were going to switch – they were going to continue to rotate quarterbacks. Yeah. That that could have been it. It could have been after the first series we're bringing in Jordan Travis. Again, but it, go, it goes back to, again, your, your fundamental thing, you're being cute in this whole thing. That, to have McKenzie take the first reps to be named the starter, he gets one pass attempt, and then you're going to flip the script and have another guy come in with a team that obviously is struggling on, on offense and has no identity. So let's throw more variables into the mix and see if something well, happens. Here's the deal, man. You know, I, I did the piece uh, breaking down Wake Forest and their two games this season against Old Dominion and Norfolk State. And didn't Wake Forest look like they hadn't played anybody with a pulse? They were not mm-hmm. the usual 
uh, smooth executing. They don't beat themselves. Wake Forest today. They were bad. Like, if you look at these past two losses, the amount of things Florida State had to do to lose these games in the way that they lost. Jacksonville State in the final play, and then they really weren't that competitive for the bulk of the second half of this game where they had a chance early. You have to do so much wrong. You have to do so much wrong. You have to yourselves get in your own way and also be inept in so many different ways, Gene, in order for this game to look like it does on the scoreboard. This is not a vintage Dave Clawson Wake Forest team that's going to win eight or nine games. No. This team's not good at all. And Florida State's game plan should have been, and I'm going to do it. Typically, this is not the thing that a media member should do is say, well, the game plan should have been. No, here it is plain and simple. You could run right at Wake Forest. They were begging you to run, run yeah. right at them, and they're giving it up to Old Dominion. Runs right at them. Six-man boxes, Gene. They were still daring us to do so when the game was within touch. And what do we do? Like, first of all, Jordan Travis doesn't look healthy to me. If if you recall last year, that breakaway speed he had, that fifth gear. Yeah, where is that? What's his top gear this year, Gene? Third? Third gear? Because I don't Two see and a half. Yeah, it's it's not there. It doesn't. It's not there at all. Okay, so um, if his legs aren't one hundred percent, then why is he in the football game so consistently? Yeah. If they were, and if he had that breakaway ability, then a hundred percent, I understand why why you run him out yeah. so often. But this was an easy game plan. You run right between the damn tackles, and I think they panicked again. And for the first time last week, I saw panic out of this coaching staff, and I thought, oh, what are we dealing with? We have yeah. it again. Back-to-back weeks. Yeah. It's not just the players, man. The coaches look like they panicked today on the offensive side. That's where you know we disagree a little bit on, on what the first order would be or the order of, of who we would blame or point to first. I'm pointing towards the offense, Gene. Yeah. Well, my point on that is I think you have to make – at this point, you have to make a change. Yeah. Um, you gave a 27 points in the first half to Wake Forest, and yet I know it. I know the offense was just giving the ball back with turnovers and three and outs and everything else. But, man, at some point, you got to make a change. I saw so many breakdowns, and, like, they coasted in the second half. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. From Russia with rubles. Wow. Thank you, Russia. That's 100 rubles, I think, Gene, not dollars. But His play calls are horrible. We we (laughs) thank you very much for your tip, and we 100% agree that play calling on both sides of the ball was horrific. Man, I I really hope, like I said, you said it's a panic thing. I really hope that – look, I don't agree that's a plan at all. When you're having a hard time, Yep. Getting an offensive identity, I think it's ridiculous to go back and forth on quarterback, especially one might be a little banged up. Yep. But it's really scary. If you're right, Tom, and that was a panic move because a running back fumbled and you're the whole week you've been playing to have this guy as a starter, like, oh, my God, we better put in the other guy. Well, if that's what's going on, yeah, ooh, oh, that's, that's bad. In the heat of the moment, unless there are ooh. more injury details than we're aware of, unless there are more, and I'll give that caveat, there are two options here ineptitude or panic neither are good no this is a bad wake forest team i can't stress that enough but didn't we see the? you mentioned a good point here on running the football wasn't it last week too you go out of the eye you just run you run right and it's there all the time and, and they did it again i i every time it seemed like they just ran out of the eye it was it was fairly successful yep. against this team and they got away from that and again when you have a team that has wide receivers that let's they're not very good we can all agree they're not very good wide receiver talent and what are we doing there? So what was the the rushing yard? So it was uh, it's well, not great, but what was the per yards? Well, we were at three point two G. Now here's the thing: a lot of those are Jordan Travis happy feet, you know, negative yeah. plays. A lot of those, yeah. and and sack yardage also goes with that. And uh, Wake racked up three sacks for twelve yards. But by the time that we so we came out and committed to it in the second half, right? Treshawn Ward helps us get right down the field. Then you abandoned it on second and short. I mean, it's just 
And then the runs on third and short, Gene, are so predictable with the snap count and then yeah. also the calls themselves that I am I am really left flabbergasted at the lack of detail. Like, this thing has spiraled completely out of control. Up until last week against Jacksonville State, I thought of this organization, especially on offense, as buttoned up. But I think they're shook. I think they're shook yeah. to the floor, both from the coaches all the way down to whatever rotation players you need to bring out there. They don't have the confidence to make plays. And look on the other sideline, Gene. Look at Wake Forest. Look at all the dime throws that Hartman makes, like into the tight windows in the second half when they're extending drives, making third down plays. Do you know why that happens? Nobody's afraid to not make a play against Florida State. There's yeah. no fear of Florida State anymore. There is none. You see quarterbacks and players playing over their heads because they know that this program is worse than their program. That's where we are right now. Nobody's afraid to play Florida State, and that's why you see these teams making those extra plays. It's unbelievable, but I guess we should get used to it. And that's where it looks like uh, Katie here is asking, where can we go from here? Yeah. I mean, what can be done to fix it, Gina? That's a great question, Katie, because I don't know. After, after that last, I really thought they'd come out and show something in this game. Win or lose, but they showed nothing. They showed ineptitude with the coaching staff. The players were not engaged. Well, you have six turnovers, pe- untimely penalties again, situationally horrible. Yep. Um, again, and making the call. What was that? What was the run with uh, McKenzie Milton? There you go. Right. You had an, that thing that McKenzie Milton designed run on fourth and two. Yep. I mean the the fourth down. I don't know how many have they converted a fourth down this season, Tom. I don't know, Gene. And and you know their best play call last week on fourth and three instead of kicking the ball was a fade. So yeah, I, I don't fade to a true freshman in the corner of the end zone. That, that's what I mean. Again, we go situational when the key plays have to be made for something positive to happen. This team fails almost every time. Like I said, they were over three. They were over two on fourth down. They were over six on third down until they got one meaningless late in the game. Right. It's unbelievable. Every time there's a key third down for the opponent when the game is on the line, they convert. Right. Doesn't matter. It's third and two or third and eight. Right. They're converting every time. I've never seen a team that just lays down every time the game is on the line. And it has to, I mean, it has to go back to the coaching. And I don't know what can be done. Like I said, I think you need to make a change. Look, look, it, the fault is equal on both sides of the ball. It was horrific. But you've, the only thing that seems to be the low-hanging fruit where you can make a change right now is defensive corner. I think, and it's nothing against Adam Fuller, but right. you gave up 27 points at half. I don't care the circumstances. You gave up 27 points and a half the wake. The game was effectively over because you couldn't stop them when you needed to. Yep. And after what happened last week, the blitzing forward on third down against Notre Dame cost you that game effectively. The play call at the end of the Jacksonville State game cost you the game. I don't think there was a call or two that cost you the game. This was a this was a team loss on both sides of the ball yep. against Wake. But you have to do something. You can't just sit here and go, oh, we're going to keep playing hard and practicing and things will work out. No, they're not. You need to do something. Yeah, the, the most damning stat, I'll defend the defense to a degree because they were on the field so often, the offense couldn't get any rhythm whatsoever. Like, even the shot play from Jordan, I was like, well, that's good, but here's the problem. If we don't get off the field on that first third down, we're screwed because we're out of gas. Yeah. And that's what happened. It was a third and eight or whatever. They make a, a throw and a catch over the middle. It almost hits the umpire. And uh, and you know in that moment that unless Wake Forest takes you know 25 yards of penalties, you're not going to get off the field because you just don't have any bodies left. But the most damning stat about the defense, Gene, was after two, well, through two and a half quarters, Wake Forest has the ball. So only, what is that? 37 minutes have been played. They have 400 yards of offense through two and a half quarters. Yeah. That Wake Forest team. 
The yeah. one I just got done saying that's not very good this year. That's where it gets indefensible, and I can't make an argument against you about changes be, you know, needing to be made or, or whatever. Uh, but we obviously will open up the phone lines here shortly mm-hmm. on the post-game call-in show. We're just so many people are supporting the program and saying uh, things like this from Jermaine. Why are you all so sure that Norvell won't be fired after seeing Louisville last night? 0-4 is inevitable. Gene, you want yeah. to weigh in on the Malik Cunningham experience that we're about to see next week? Oh, that's going to be – they did – they look pretty good, man. So that's a little more – I thought that – I chalked that up as a win early in the season, man. Not definitely <laughs> – I'm guessing Louisville's going to be a favorite. What do you think their line's going to be, Tom? Oh, I'd say Louisville six, six and, and a half. Yep, there it is. I totally agree. Six Louisville's- and a half. Yep, you're you're a home underdog by a more than a touchdown to Louisville. That's just – it's unbelievable. But I don't – a couple reasons you can't – I mean, you can't go – you can't keep firing the coaches over and over again. Yep. Um, I mean – Go back to financials. You can't afford it. Number two, after you're still paying Willie Taggart off, I think you got to give this st- this staff inherited a lot worse things. And I'm not don't don't start. I'm making excuses for the staff. It's everything's been horrific for the staff. Let's reevaluate this at the end of the year and see where things are at this point. Let's see if there's some improvement. But I think I think you got to give them one more year after this. I again, I don't want to hear. I, I kind of throw last season out, but yeah, I, I agree. This season is horrible. Some major changes need to be made, but you can't be firing a coach two games into a second season after a COVID year. That's just I mean, what signal would that say? No one would want to coach here. Yeah, no that, one would want to coach here. No recruit would want to come if you're firing coaches once a year. You can't do that. I get it. You're frustrated. You're mad. Coaching's been inept. That's why I say he needs to make some major changes and, and change what he's doing philosophically and maybe some of his personnel, but you just can't fire everybody. Agreed. You know, Gene, the the number one word that Mike Norvell uses through adversity is response. And we were all looking for a response today out of this coaching staff and out of the team. And we got a response, but it wasn't the one that we wanted. Instead of a yellow alert Mm. or a context of, you know, they got cued and they got, no, this is a full red alert, full stop, full stop. You lose these two games in this manner. I thought the players in general were bought in for the most part today to start the game, but you look like that. That was your offensive game plan. You get blown blo- uh, blown by on defense again for an easy touchdown down the field. Uh, personnel substitution issues, too many men on the field, special teams and defensive penalties that continue drives. No, man, no. This is this is now taking a terrible, terrible turn. We go to the phone lines, and we go to the 757. Gator Kirk. I know what you're about to ask, but lay it all on us, man, because this is a big-time question that you're about to bring to the table. Uh, where do we go from here to keep those high-priority recruits? There it is. Yeah. We, have, we have self-inflicted wounds, but there's also some poor decisions being made by the coaches. Yep. Well, Gator Kirk, well, first of all, great to hear from you. Uh, glad you're you're hanging in there and you called into the show. Man, but that's what it comes, that's the one positive thing you lean on, Norvell. You go, look, at the end of the day, things have gone horrible on the field, but look, he's bringing in a great recruiting class. All things considered, it's a great recruiting class. When you have a three-win season, you're coming back, you got the number one player in the country committed to you and all this. But man, if that falls apart because of what's happening on the field, then what has Mike Norvell done? I mean, if you lose that class, it's moot. So he needs to hang on this class. I mean, this this coaching staff has their work cut out from the next couple of weeks to keep that class intact because you, you worry what happens if Travis Hunter decommits, man. 
Oh. Woo! Yeah. I mean, the dominoes are going to start falling. It's You think it's ugly on the field, it's going to get ugly off the field if that happens. You know, Gene, with the way that this organization, by that I mean the football program, was buttoned up behind the scenes, the details and all those things, leading into the Jacksonville State game. This is before last week. I thought, there's no way I will ever feel as hopeless about this staff as I did after hearing the stories that you heard behind the scenes from Willie mm-hmm. Tyler I am now starting to worry because I saw desperation and I saw a scatterbrained staff on the sideline today. And that is a scary proposition, especially because if I saw it, recruits saw it too. And so they better get to messaging and messaging fast in order to retain mm. class. We go to uh, Quay. Uh, Quay, hopefully I pronounced your name right down in Tampa. Go ahead, man. Welcome to the show. It's Q. It's Q. Q. All right. Q. Hey, hey Q. Hey, what's up? Uh, I got a couple of things that I want to say. I've been watching Florida State since I was seven years old. I, I'm almost 39. The last few years, this team been undisciplined. Like, they have talent. I think their problem is more coaching and you know, I think Norvell doing a good job off the field for the recruiting and all of that. But on the field, like, if you look at the last two years, day games, right? Mm-hmm. The second half looked just like the first, except they score more points. But the second half, they don't do nothing on all offense. It's like they take a backwards. They, like, they go backwards. And uh, Adam Fuller would have been fired. He wouldn't have been allowed back in the locker room after the Jacksonville State game. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. <laughs> but uh, I'm just hang up and listening to uh, what y'all got to say about my uh, comments. Thank y'all. Oh, sorry, Q. I didn't know that you were going to offer us thanks for uh, what we're doing here, which well, is thank you, Q. therapy hour in uh, on the WarChance.com postgame show. Gene, your thoughts on, on Q's observations? Yeah, we feel uh, your pain. Yeah. We feel your pain. I mean, essentially not a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I've, made, I've said what I've said, and I hate to say it because I really like Adam Fuller, man. He's a really cool guy, man. He had that exchange with Corey Clark. Um about the final play, and he kept saying, "No, ask me more questions. Don't worry about it. I want to explain this stuff on the final the play call. I, I I have a ton of respect for the guy, and he seems to know his stuff. But man, you can't be losing like this. Yeah. Something has got to change. It it could ultimately. A lot of people are complaining about Mike Norvell. Maybe it is Mike Norvell. Maybe this is beyond him. Maybe it's out of his control. But it's yeah. not realistic. You can't fire him. I'm going to keep saying this over and over. Whatever it is, how many games?" into his second season. You can't do that three games into his second season. But I do think he needs to look, go back to the drawing board, yep. make some major changes, because this is this is horrific. You can't lose your first FCS team. You can't be humiliated against Wake Forest mm-hmm. and go 0-3 for the first time since 1976. There's something very fundamentally wrong here. FCS loss, and for the first time since 1976, Florida State is 0-3. What else have we accomplished this season? Uh, we'll go out to Los Angeles and Tyron. Uh, this is a good question, Tyron. I saw it in the sheet because Gene just mentioned it about the one and a half years. Go ahead with your point today. Well, yeah, I, I just want to um, ask you guys a question. If just imagine you have this company. Company A has the same president, the same CEO for five years. Another company has three presidents 
<laughs> and five years. Now, which company do you think is more successful? Company A or Company B? Mm-hmm. The stability. I yeah, we it. get it. We get the stability. Yeah, that was all. That was Bobby Bowden and his staff for years. That's why they were so good for so many years. They had stability. Well, so, so Gene, and this is why I disagree with you. I know what you said about Willie Taggart, but I, I disagree. You don't fire a coach. Um, consider what he inherits from Jimbo Fisher. Bad offensive line play. Um, average quarterback play. And he got this from Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to give the guy one and a half years to improve the off of the line. Most um, football experts said in order that you have a, a, a productive football team, you have to have above average off of the line play. But you cannot improve the off of the line in just one year or even two years. FSU needs to take a bump and let Willie Taggart build the roster, give him three years but you can't fire a guy. This is all coming from the administration to not be patient, take your lumps, and let this roster build. And now you have another coach dealing with the same situation that Willie Taggart is dealing with. And I just want to make one more point. And you talk about the COVID year. Mississippi mm-hmm. State and Ole Miss fired a coach before COVID. And guess what? The team actually improved after COVID. Um, what's the guy? Uh, Lane Kiffin improved Ole Miss, and uh, Mike Leach improved um, Mississippi State. However, um, the coach at FSU went three and six during COVID, and now he has a record of three and nine. Stability. That's all I was gonna say. This is basically a four and eight team. What do you guys? Well, well, I think I think they take four and eight right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, after what I saw today, I think one and eleven is a very realistic possibility. Uh, yeah. But Tyron, you, I mean, I get it. You make some good points, and I understand the whole stability thing. But I will go down talking about look, and I think you talked about the offensive line and all the problems. So I think Mike Norvell inherited the same issues, if not worse. I think the thing what he inherited was even worse than what Willie Taggart inherited in terms of talent yeah. and a lot of issues and a lot of uh, other things. Look, at the end of the day, what happened with Willie Taggart in the firing to me was not so much even about the win-loss record. It was about all the other stuff around the program. Everybody who was around the program knew things were out of control. There was no organization. Recruits were staying around. They would like the Recruits would come to visit. Nobody would be there to greet them. They go on a road. Nobody is set up to go. Like There's nobody to pick them up to go to games. There's ho- mess-ups at the hotel. There was zero organization. I mean, there were so many problems going around the scenes, and anybody in, athlete, in within the athletic program saw all these other problems going on. At least with Mike Norvell, I'll say this, at least things seem somewhat organized within the program. At least you give them that look. On the field, it is a train wreck right now. I will give you that 100%. But there was a lot more than Willie Taggart being let go than just, okay, they lost to Miami, they had a losing record. There was a lot more than that. I get you. If you got a coach in a coaching staff that has somewhat competency, I agree. You got to give them more time. That's what I'm saying. Give Mike Norvell at least three years at this thing. But I, I'm going to go down saying I think it was the right move to get rid of Willie Taggart. Everything was falling apart. It was no, There was nobody anywhere near the program that thought that thing was going to get better with him running the show. Yeah, this uh, this is, didn't literally happen. It's ridiculous enough that it, that it could have. But uh, to keep, continue the analogy, Tyron, about the president of a or CEO of a company, what Willie did, the kind of stuff he did would be akin to a CEO 
hosting top-level clients for a weekend, and then when they got home, sending them an invoice for the time that they spent for the flights, for the food and bev, and just saying, you pay for it. Like things like that, did you say, what? This isn't how an organization runs. Weird stuff like that happened all the time with Willie. Now, the problem is this coaching staff is resembling the previous coaching staff with their situational management and yep. also with the way they handle adversity. And now a quick word from our sponsor at Team Paper. Everybody, remember, <laughs> Team Paper is the sponsor of the WarChant.com postgame show, and we thank them for their support. What is Team Paper? It is a website created in the era of NILs to connect you to more of your favorite athletes. At TeamPaper.com, you'll find videos made by your favorite players for you, the fans. You'll learn personal backstories, hear motivational tips, drills, and more. Coping mechanisms. That's what I said last week. I'm sure we're going to learn more about that. Team Paper was created for a simple mission to empower athletes and allow them to graduate with more financial stability. You can help your favorite athletes right now because 80% of every purchase at teampaper.com goes directly to the player. And if you buy the Tallahassee bundle, all proceeds are distributed evenly among the whole team. Head to teampaper.com right now in a different tab and use code WARCHANT at checkout to save $10 on the Tallahassee bundle. Anything you can do to support these guys, they need your support. Yeah. Badly. Everybody has a, they need a support system. How about through teampaper.com? Back to the phone lines we go. We're going to keep it here in Tallahassee. Alan, play calling, huh? All right. No problem. There's a lot to talk about. Welcome, Alan. How's it going? Good. Uh, Two things. Defensively, uh, if I'm Norvell and I was watching what was going on last year, I definitely would have replaced either either or or both the defensive coordinator and the secondary coach. It was absolutely – Same person. Technique. They couldn't play the ball in the air. It was an absolute disgrace. As far as today's game was going on, and he could have financed it, but he's making a decent amount of money. He could have financed whatever was necessary to get some type of quality because he was the one that made the decision to bring those guys in. As far as today's game, I am just absolutely stunned, and I believe that Norvell was making the calls. I think it was late third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, on a two consecutive series where it was a fourth and two, where he calls for Milton mm-hmm. <laughs> on a play and run, and then again, first and goal from the two, and Milton again, where he gets hit from the side and coughs up the ball. I just, the only thing I could see trying to figure what Norvell is singing there. He's trying to be cute and figure that Milton is the last guy that that Wake is going to think is going to carry, you know, carry the ball instead of handing it off to two guys that are good inside runners Yeah, and do something normal. He, he gives the ball to a guy that's had whatever it is, seven, eight, and is a very slightly built guy that really hasn't had much contact for three seasons. Yeah, I really have a lot of questions now about Norvell, even on the offensive side of the ball. Not men- not to mention, he probably had a lot of input on that last, the last second play against Jacksonville State. How do you not have a prevent defense in there? You should have had seven defensive backs in there. And then what's the worst situation you could have had? They would have had to try a 57-yard field goal. Yeah. And if they make it, then you're tied going into overtime. i got a lot of questions with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, preach it, brother. <laughs> Al, Alan, I, man, I am so down with your call at the end of that game. I, I will 
And I know there's, you know, Corey's with me, and I think Ira's a little bit, well, I kind of get it. But, man, I still – the odds that a team with six seconds left was going to get within range to get a – first of all, to make that play and get a knee down in time, and then a freshman kicker who's never done anything to kick a 55-yarder. And then, worst case, one in 100 happens, you go to overtime. Oh, I, I, I will say that to my my grave. Absolutely, you should have been 100%. That should have been a prevent defense. And that's why I'm saying right now, if that, if nothing else, you need to make a change at defensive coordinator. I'm calling it right then. But you also make a good point, Alan. And, and Tom put that up in the graphic he had up earlier about that fourth and two call, having McKenzie run. When we've seen it through two games, Jay Sean Corbin and uh, Treshawn Ward are running hard. They're running well. They're reading the blocks. They're finding the gaps. They're doing, but why are you not relying on those guys in these key situations? You're being, and you said it, you're saying they're being cute. That's exactly it. You get the impression every time there's a key situation, Tom, we've talked about situational awareness and what happens in those times. Let's get cute. Yep. Why Uh, are you getting cute when you're the superior team and you've got some guys who can run the football, run the ball at them, do what you can do well. Yeah, that this that should have been the game plan the whole time. That's why I'm scratching my head. Like, so why would Mackenzie Milton start the game if you're going to play Jordan Travis in that many drives in a row? And I put it, Gene. I'm sure you saw it in our uh, in our War Chant thread. We've got the staff members that said at some point we're getting to territory where we're going to have to ask Mike Norvell: Was Mackenzie Milton available in the first half? Was there some? Because it makes no damn sense. None of it makes any sense. Yeah. And we thank Andy for his uh, support of the program. I think he did that twice. Thank you, Andy. Man, you're the man. Two of those from Andy. And then also the comments are flying in so fast that I can't post this because we lost you in the scroll. But Michael Ellis, Michael says, win, lose, or draw, through it all, I'm no blood raw. Understood. I feel pretty raw right now, emotionally speaking, and maybe otherwise as well, Michael. This has been a rough one. Uh, But one thing I want to clean up on, on Alan's call, Gene, real quick, is I totally agree with you, first of all, on the fourth and two call to Mackenzie Milton. All, every point you made is correct. On the goal line play, that's Mackenzie working on his own because he thinks he's going to catch the defensive line napping. And if you saw, he gets underneath the center real fast because they're still getting set. I think that's a design run to the tailback. I don't think that's anything other than Mackenzie Milton just trying to get an easy score. And like everything else that's happened in Florida State for the last five years, it backfired woefully. It backfired mm-hmm woefully and we also want to thank vishal wow vishal my goodness you folks you if we're giving you therapy you're giving us therapy right now we appreciate that so very much we go now to new york and we want to talk to josh Uh, we talked to josh last week josh welcome back man and give us your thoughts well let, let me let me start by saying uh Allen was right about firing the secondary coach and defensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, Adam Fuller needs to be fired twice. Fire them both. They're the same so, person, but fire them both. <laughs> yeah. So sec- my, my, my whole thing, last week I gave the, the defense a little bit of a excuse. This week, I, I can't do it. It looks like we were not even prepared. Yeah, I mean, to give up 27 points, we know they do that long mesh point thing. It just it didn't make sense how we played it. And then Wake Forest, Wake Forest, has a different strategy on third and medium against us. And we don't have a strategy. We just keep two to three linebackers on the field, our worst position, by the way. And then we just hope that they won't convert and hope our four front four can get to them. But anyway, I'm sorry. But I turned to Alabama versus Florida for the first time in my life. I turned from a Florida State game in the middle of the third quarter. 
and it looked like a different sport. Like we we just not playing the same sport. We, like they 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 actually on third down and one they run the ball up between the tackles. We don't. So I know we went on and on about how cute we look. We have two linebackers on the field all the time on third down. We we don't switch up the defense. We the QB carousel is like another thing. I'm sorry, I'm venting, but that's just how I feel. The carousel is disgust. Like, why are we being cute about the QB carousel? Like, we're not giving guys a chance to even get into the game. Yeah, we we don't even give guys a chance. Like, it's like as soon as something happens that's wrong, whether it's McKenzie's fault or Jordan's fault or none of their fault, we change. And mm-hmm. it's just it's it's annoying me. It's annoying me to no end. I can't. It, I was hoping that we at least got to the pinstripe bowl so I can attend the game, but that's not happening. So, <laughs> no, no, uh, it's not, Josh. And and I 100% agree with you. The way this QB carousel thing is being played out, nobody can get into a rhythm, period. And I don't know what the hell the plan was. I, I, like, I can't explain it. There's no way that you can explain this plan if McKenzie's going to go out there for a drive. It's like, what, is he an opener in baseball for the Rays? Like, I'm going to get that first three outs, and then Jordan can play for the next, you know, how, 100 pitches, whatever it takes him. It makes little to no sense across the board. And I don't, there's no way to defend it, Gene. I mean, like, if you had to come up with a theory as to why Mackenzie Milton begins the game, then Jordan gets a series, and then you don't see Mackenzie again until Jordan comes out of the game with an injury for a play, that first play he throws an interception. Like, how? How is that possible? I want to believe either I don't want to believe someone was hurt, but I would say either a he was hurt would explain it, or it was a plan coming in to rotate the quarterbacks. Which again, when you have a team that's struggling, that has no identity, it, it, that's the best, and that's the best case scenario. Tom, the worst case is what you're saying is they were panicking yeah. every time something goes wrong. Let's change quarterbacks. Like, um, but that's the best case scenario, and if that's the best case, it's still awful. If your plan was to rotate quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. With a team that's struggling on offense, has no identity, and things aren't going right, man, don't throw more variables into the mix. You're correct. I don't get it, Josh. I get it, man. It, it it's it's frustrating as hell. I I don't understand it. Uh, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I want to be cathartic to these people and give them some hope, but there's I don't know what to say. This is ridiculous what they're doing right now. You want some catharsis? I'll give you some catharsis. There you go, Tom. Please it's bring a it. Joke. It's a joke. That doesn't help. Is a joke. The plan is non-existent. None of it Uh, makes sense. Here's why. I'll give you a couple of specific reasons. If you keep Travis in the game because there's an injury on the offensive line, you would do so because you trust his legs. He doesn't have them right now. I don't know why, but watch him run the football and tell me that he looks like the player that he was last year. So clearly he's not 100%. Secondly, it makes no sense because Old Dominion was able to gash Wake Forest up the middle. I don't care if you have to shuffle people on the offensive line. The best thing that you could have done today to establish an identity and also help keep the defense off the field instead of being on the field for 40-some plays in the first half is run the football. And it worked. Yeah. What are you afraid of? That Corbin's going to fumble again? You took him out of the game. What yeah. is it? I mean, it, no, no. That's no, funny. I, I, I got to go to a local establishment. I saw a little bit of the early Miami. Uh, it was nice to see Michigan State roll over Miami, by the way. That was kind of fun. Um, but we're watching that game, and I'm sitting there with a friend, and I'm watching this. And, you know, 
Michigan State, but they were just consistently running, running, running. In the case of a first down, they throw the football, but they kept doing the same thing, and eventually right. it paid off. And I'm like, it's so nice to see a team go in with a game plan. I mean, this is our identity. This is what we are. This is what we do well. Yep. And eventually, if we keep with this program, it's going to work out. And eventually, Miami had by the end, Miami had no answer, and they gashed him through the middle. If Florida State goes in with that game plan offensively, I'm convinced by the second half they're gashing Wake Forest, if they stick to the running game with Corbin and Ward and over and over and doing that, that's your identity. It's not switching quarterbacks. It's not doing all the cute stuff. I don't see how they can look at the film and not see that. Yeah, that's that's what scares me. And and Kurt, the reason I'm this fired up is because this is a gettable game that you let get by. And you are now one step closer to finding a way to imploding this recruiting class. Mm -hmm. And that's it is completely preventable through your own preparation. That's why I'm fired up. It's disgusting. Next up is Matthew in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Matthew, welcome to the Warchant.com postgame show. Hello. How are y'all doing? <laughs> We're fired up, Matthew. We're fired up. I'm not fired up, but I understand. I appreciate the energy. Uh, I'm going to jump off what you just said about recruits. Um, I think there is a huge disconnect, obviously, between what Norvell is saying and what is happening on the field. And I think, honestly, the defense is not to blame. I mean, the offense showed what they were capable of last year. And we saw that they could put points up. We saw that they could adjust and they could adapt. And what we've seen this year is a defense that has produced. How many turnovers did we create tonight? And we still have an offense that cannot capitalize on those turnovers. And I think you're going to have some recruits who are going to say, like, hey, man, I was committed to this staff. I saw what we were capable of. And then I see what happens tonight. And I see that you guys are not putting me in the position necessary to succeed. And so what am I supposed to do as a recruit? And I find that real disconcerting as a fan because um, I believe in Norville. And I think that I, I, well, I like what he has said. And I like what he has, has portrayed so far in terms of his, his conduct. But when you look at the field, there's not really anything to back that up. Uh, and I think that's a problem. Well, Matthew, real quick, let me ask you a question. When you walked away from the uh, the phone there for a second, were you making a drink? Were you, were you getting a refill? Uh, I was not, but I have had plenty. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> All right. That's my man. Attaboy. Yeah, Gene, it's it's coming up. Just a lot of concerns about what kind of message this sends for yeah. the future. You know, it didn't occur to me. I was so worried about how we blew this game. Last week, it was very much on my mind, the implications in recruiting. I didn't even think about that until I saw the comments flying in. And it's, I mean... You had a lot of kids circle the wagons last week and say, I'm all in. You think they're going to say that again this week? I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. Yeah. What did they have to hang their hopes on? Yeah. Why this guy, I talked to uh, Michael Langston, our recruiting uh, analyst at Warchant.com on Friday. And I said, get ready, man. It's amazing. This week, there's been very little chatter for recruiting. And I said, if they lose this game and it doesn't look good, man, you're going to be busy because I'm just, I, you just fear it. You're like sitting on the edge of a cliff. And you're teetering. You're just ready for that. Once that once you fall over, man, it's going to happen. And it, this staff better be good, like you said. They better be on the phone. They better be texting. Do what they can to keep this team yep. intact. Yes, because that is the hope. The future is that. That's what's that's what's so awful about this look. You've seen the good transfers. We've seen the organization pick up. We've seen the buy in. You know, we've seen the recruiting class, obviously, their top five, at least for now. It may change in a couple days. 
but you've seen the positive signs for the future and it just for it to all in the last two weeks for it to potentially be all pissed away based on how poorly you played and how poorly they've been coached for two weeks. It's, it's, I don't know what to say, but it, it's just, it's, it, stunning. It, it's stunning, Gene, you know, because it's stunning. Yeah. It's awful. It's just, it's depressing that you could do build up that much. And, we don't at the end of the day, all the build up beforehand, all the positive stuff off the field is meaningless if you go out and you get embarrassed on the field every Saturday. Well, what what's incredible, Gene, is that they did the hard part, I thought, which is you recruit with no reputation whatsoever. You don't have a ton of guys who have connections to the Florida area, and yet here you are on the precipice of having a, a consensus top ten class, maybe better, depending upon what happens in the regular season. You find a way to create goodwill in the fan base. The the two the Monday and Tuesday after Notre Dame was the happiest this fan base had been yeah. after the spring game that Willie coached. I mean, really, that that's the level yeah. people were believing and buying in. And the stunning heel turn, the st- I mean, this is like something out of professional wrestling. You're like, what? None of this makes any sense. And here we are, you know, in the span of seven days, and it's a total mess. We go down to the 727, Clearwater, a man after my own hometown. <laughs> What's up, Austin? Go ahead. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Go ahead. Um, I think other I think other callers have kind of hit on it, but the recruiting class, of course, is is the biggest thing as far as this season is concerned after last week. But you know, after losing last week, we've had second weeks like that against FCS or lesser teams where we don't lose, but we just don't yeah uh, really perform. And you expect them to at least bounce back and look better in the glaring areas of weakness. But this week, no. Penalties, they were terrible. The mm-hmm. mistakes, the lack of execution, it's, it's, concern, it's more than concerning. It's, it's, where, where Did we look better in any area this week? I, I don't think so. And it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm at a loss as to where we go from here because it's just it's, it's awful. And can we even hold this recruiting class together? It's, if we hold on to Nor- Norville, uh, maybe we make changes below him. But if we – you know, uh, don't make big enough changes. Wh- where do we go from here? Uh, uh, yeah, well, Gene. Yeah, that's I mean, the hard part. I, I want to clean up one thing from earlier is that we also have Marcus Woodson, who's in charge of the defensive backs as well. And if you're trying okay. to keep Travis Hunter, well, here's why. Here's why I bring it up. If you're trying to keep Travis Hunter, you don't want to let that guy go because I, I think that's where the bond is the strongest. If you had to rank the bond between Adam Fuller and, and Hunter and and Marcus Woodson and Hunter. I think the bond would be with the position coach, not the coordinator. So that would be yeah, my I, yeah. That, that's a good point. Whatever you need to do to keep Travis Hunter, you need a difference maker on because I really think Travis Hunter starts out on offense, and there's a lot of talk about that. But I think you need so much help there. That yep. I think having a dynamic guy like that with a ball in his hands, I think you got to do that big time. But yeah, Austin, again, uh, I get it, man. The recruiting class, it's scary and everything that's happened. This is the thing. And I had several, I mean, of course, Tom, you get it all during the week. You get people come up to you, what's going on. I, I mistakenly, several people, I said, look, at the end of the day, look, it was a horribly coached game. They made a ton of mistakes. But I go, I thought the program is headed in the right direction. They actually look better than the Jack, the last Jacksonville State game to me. They look yeah. better. You know, they lost. The ULM game from two years ago, I thought they looked better than they did in that game. I go, it was a loss, but, you know, I think things are on the field actually look better, and I think you'll see that this Saturday. Boy, was I wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the one thing I was worried about, they were going to let that loss get into them. It got to the coaching staff. It got to the players. And now they're they're playing down to that 
whatever it is, what their expectation is. We're a team that lost to an FCS team, so we're going to play like that. We're going to coach like that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. Well, there's one point that uh, our own Jeff Cameron's made uh, since the preseason, which is you need something good to happen to you so you can inspire belief. And Mm -hmm. what it looks like now in so many instances is we're looking for something to go wrong. And when it does, it confirms our worst fears. And then you see a lack of confidence and that begets poor plays, uh, players trying to do more than they should, the mental errors that we're speaking of, and maybe as well. Some overwhelmed coaches, Gene. Let's go back to the first quarter. A huge situation. Mm. You get the turnover. I was surprised that there was no flag on the play for pass interference in real time. Uh, Sidney Williams and I forget who else were in on the play. Uh, They were bracketing a receiver for Wake Forest. You get the interception. They pick up the flag, and then you fumble right away. Like, what's it? I mean, like, how could you embody it more, I thought. Then I saw Mackenzie Milton fumble inside the two-yard line. I thought, (laughs) oh, I'm sorry. I'll never, yes. I'll never yeah, redefine it every, you know, just give them time, Tom. They'll do it. Hey, I want to throw this out there because I don't know if we got this. It was our buddy from Russia again. I think this is the second one. That's right. It was, the, I'm sorry, the comments were flying by, but man, thank you so much. Yeah. I don't know about, I don't know if Tolafili is the answer. Yeah. I do think running the football in a traditional format is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's Tolafili, Corbin, Ward, I think that is the strength of the team. Yeah. Um, but thank you. Good night, Noel family. Okay, he's in. He's in. He says he's in Saint Petersburg, Russia. Tom, and it's two twenty four a.m. Wow, we just went from uh, Clearwater, Florida, to Saint Petersburg, Russia. <laughs> well, two Saint Peter. We almost went for the two Saint Petersburgs. Okay. That's right. And now we'll go to Charlotte, North Carolina, where Donnie wants to jump into the program. Donnie, go ahead with your question. Welcome to the WarChant.com post game show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Donnie. Uh, so first. I- I got I got a couple questions for you guys. So if you had to take your house and and your life savings and put it on the Florida State UMass game, who are you taking? <laughs> well, I would never make that bet, Donnie. But I see where you're going with that. I, I still I think that's like I said. I think one and eleven is on the table. I still think is Walt Bell rolling in here beating FSU. Yeah, man, I, I don't know that we think we've hit rock bottom, but I think if you lose to UMass, that might be a new rock bottom. I I, I still think they're going to win that game. Yeah, but that may be it. I mean, if you wanted to say put my house and savings on them winning two games, I don't know if I'd do it. Yeah. So before you go ahead, I'll tell you that um, I if I have to put my life savings, I'm putting it on Florida State. Eastern Michigan just beat UMass today, 42-28. I mean, I know the the bottom gets it keeps getting redefined. So Mm -hmm. I understand your point. But but go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't I don't know if I would be confident that it on Florida State. I, I'm not that confident. I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be confident if I had to put it on Florida State. But uh, a couple of things I wanted to bring up uh, as far as the the coaching staff, obviously, right? Uh, um, so we keep saying that 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 you know Norville. All I've heard was Tom, Tom, and Jeff talk about how buttoned up this organization is, and so. You know, the only really clear difference that I can see in the staff is that when uh, Mike Novell and Adam Ford get to the mic, they take full credit. They say, you know what, it's, it's, it's our fault. And like just to Jeff's point one time, you can't keep coming to the mic and say, oh, well, it's our fault. Well, eventually that's going to get you out of here. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I'm seeing. Um, like I said, I understand that they're, they're, they're buttoned up, but you, you use some of the same words that we use to describe Taggart staff. Is that a joke? No plan. You used both of those earlier. That yep. you know, it was, uh, the game plan was a joke, and they didn't have a plan. I, and it just takes me back to Willie, 
when Willie Taggart said we had a plan for quarterback, right? Uh, and nobody really believed that. And, and, and to the point, you know, Willie built up a lot of goodwill with the fans uh, as well. And, and, you know, the boosters and everything of that nature and lost it as well. Um, and the last point I'll make is we say that this is a button-up organization and, and Taggart had a whole bunch of chaos behind the scenes. Well, what does that say? about uh, Norvell if he's buttoned up and his product still looks the same. So does that really mean he's a better coach? But that's just kind of my thought. Thanks, guys. Donnie, that, that is a great point. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they got clowns dancing in the football office. It doesn't matter what's going on. At the end of the day, if you look horrific on Saturdays, you keep losing games. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if everybody likes you and you got a good game plan and you got everybody lined up correctly. If you, if you look like an idiot on Saturdays, which Florida State did this, you're right. That ultimately defines what is it? It was at the Parcells quote. Mm-hmm. You are your record. And Florida State's 0 and 3. It's the worst team since 1976. That's the team you are right now. Yep. yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But yeah, Gene, what, what I'd say about that is, is, you know, behind the scenes, when it comes to time management, the contacting of recruits, mm-hmm. messaging, consistency of all that kind of stuff, they are more buttoned up. But the final point Donnie yeah. made is legitimate. Now, this is a novel development. Looking at looking this unprepared, this is novel. Uh, I could tell you, because we laid our own eyes on practice, you could see that they're practicing better. They're more efficient. Mm-hmm. They're getting better, and there's improvements. But now their confidence has completely eroded because the coaching staff failed them last week. So, Donnie, it's a novel development, and I take your point. If you're more buttoned up and you're still doing this, what does it say about all those things when it comes to game planning and install? These are fair questions, and these are the right questions, to yeah. ask, Donnie. So we appreciate those, and thank you for obviously calling in to the Warchant.com postgame show. We now go to Roanoke, Virginia, One Chop City. All right, One Chop City, what you got? What's up, Doc? How y'all doing? What's up, Chop? How you been, buddy? Well, I'm good, man. See you still doing your thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, my point is this. I watch Memphis offense. There's no way in the world Norvell is calling his offense. I watched Dillahan at Auburn, and I told one of my boys, I'm like, yo, if we get this dude as offensive coordinator, it's going to be terrible because all he does is run his quarterback. No route combinations. Like, nothing is set up for our receivers to do anything. No screens. Nothing. Like, it is horrible. Like, what in the world is going on? And, and as somebody stated, if you're going to roll with uh, Milton, roll with Milton. If you're not, then roll yeah. with um, Travis. And for running back, for me, Trayshawn Ward, the best running back on the team right now. Period. Yep. Like, that's the man who needs to get the touches. Um, he's doing a great job when he gets the touches, but he, he keeps his feet moving. That's why he always gets positive yards. Now, on the DB side, I think the DB coach is doing a good job. They're in phase. You got to locate the ball. Now, he can't go out there and locate it for them. Just like with Brownlee. Why would you stop when the man make a move? You're going to pause like he getting ready to throw it. Let him throw it. Get deep. He did it again today. He yeah. keeps letting people get behind him. That is a – to me, that's a – you have to have effort. Like, yep. you're not going to beat me. We don't have that dog mentality anymore. And I think Norvell is the right coach. Um, like, I don't like the quarters coverage. It's too hard. You have to be real smart because it's man, it's zone. If you got to pick up certain people, and I don't think our DBs are equipped to, to handle that right now. So I think we need to go to a basic cover two. I want to go back to the 4-3. I'm tired of this 
two linebacker look. It's never worked for me. Give me three linebackers so we can, like, get out to the quarterback and cover the middle of the field. Okay, two questions for you, Chop. Number one, on that play in which he gets burned deep, did you see some jogging going on in trail after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did too. Oh, a whole lot of jogging. Yeah, okay. I Just making sure. I, I wanted to make sure you saw that too. And then secondly, here's where I have to ask you a tough question, which is you want to go to a 4-3? Tell me the three linebackers. Yeah, that, that's the, the only – Chop – I've known Chop for a year, man. He knows football better than anybody. And I will say the personnel on the three linebacker look, the problem is you don't have the personnel to do that right now. Check this out. So I look at Gant. Gant is not a safety to me. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Now, yes. I'm not talking about the traditional uh, linebackers that we had in the, in the glory days, but you could put some weight on Gant. Then I can't think of the kid's name. Got two names. He's a freshman. Like you can put – I'm not saying do it all the time, but it's some we have to do something to cover the middle of that field. Yeah. Because having two linebackers, it's, it's hard to cover the middle of that field. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Unless you want to put, put a rob in the middle of it, do something. We're we, we getting killed across the middle. Yep. No, and, I, and why is that team to scheme up stuff with their receivers, but we can't scheme up nothing? Yeah. No, to, these are all good points. And yeah. There, there's the answer, Gene. So this is it's an alert answer. Like you said, Chop clearly knows what he's talking about. He's going to convert safeties to full-time linebackers. That's his answer. It's not to run yeah. out the linebackers that you see on the two deep. It would be to convert the bodies. Maybe you're talking about Jadarius Green McKnight. Yeah, I think you're talking about him. Or I mean, there's people talking about Travis Jade. I mean, yeah. these are longer-term solutions. I don't think in the short term for this season, maybe going into the next season, maybe that's something you do. And I get his point because you look at that every time there's a third and six, Tom. Are you seeing that middle of the field, the soft, oh, yeah. the soft yeah. underbelly in the middle of the field? Boom, boom, boom. It's an eight-yard pass every time. It's wide open. Yeah. And, and it I, drives you nuts. And it, it's it's interesting his point about Dillingham versus Mike Norvell because, man, there, I, I don't know. I thought Dilling, Dillingham seems to know his stuff. But, man, there's some kind of disconnect. I mean, we, we all agree the quarterback shuffling is ridiculous mm-hmm. and needs to stop. But man, there's something going on with the play calling too on offense. It's it's mind boggling. Yeah, it is. And this is where I also agree to a degree that these guys are in phase a lot. Even a lot on these little comeback routes or the inside breaking routes and the outside breaking routes in third downs, they were in position. They just couldn't finish the damn play. And that goes back to nobody's afraid anymore. Like teams used to be forever and a day afraid to 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 make the play to beat Florida State. You could see the fear and the second. Mm-hmm. Guess- nobody's afraid of playing us anymore, Gene. I mean, even think about the basketball program and the junkyard dog days. People didn't want to drive the paint to the basket against Florida State because they knew they were going to pay mm-hmm. a price. It was not a fun thing to do. It's easy to play Florida State right now. And when you do, when you feel that way, you're confident enough to make plays that maybe you're not going to make against the Clemson. Just because you know that from what you see on film, they're gettable. And that's, that's the kind of contagious mentality that our opponents have that's unfortunate because what we saw, for example, in the uh, Notre Dame game, you hit Notre Dame's all-world tight end a few times, and guess what? He drops the football. That, that We don't see a whole lot of that. That's like the exception and not the rule here in Tallahassee these days. We're going back to North Carolina. We were in Charlotte a moment ago. We'll uh, keep it in ACC country. Mike and Raleigh. Mike, go ahead. Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, hey, Mike. I've been, watching Florida, I've been watching Florida State since I was – Man, I can't. I grew up in Quincy, Florida. Okay, uh, I've been watching Florida State since dang, you know, Bo Jackson, stiff arm, Deion Sanders. <laughs> I've never seen this look this bad. You know, ever in my life, I'm pissed. 
you know. So what I want to know is this. We've had Jimbo Fisher and his lackluster, you know, staff after the 2013. He was really nothing before then. And then he got a good quarterback, and then he went right back to the same old ways. Then we got Willie Taggart, her, who, who, who poured all the fuel, you know, on the fire, you know, and with his staff. And now we got Norvell and his staff, who's dang pouring jet fuel on everything. We have three different staffs, three different rosters. My question is this. It's a two-part question. When are we going to start holding the people who hire these clowns? Yeah. He's athletic directors, man. David Coburn doesn't know what the beat he's doing. He's never been a daggone uh, athletic director before this, and he told us this much. He doesn't even know what to look for. He has no inroads to any good coaches. Nobody wants to work with the guy, you know, and we got an outgoing freaking president who's already outgone, you know, but the the other question is this, you know, when are we going to look at these guys and hold everybody accountable? I don't give a crap who it is, man. I mean, turn the freaking bucket over and just dump everything out. Let's go with Chubba Purdy. I mean, these guys are cock a poop doo doo man. Yeah. You know, uh, when are we going to learn and how can we hold these people accountable without hurting the team as players, as boosters? I mean, I'm sorry, as, as fans, as boosters, you know, you want to just stop watching, stop coming, stop giving your money. How can we hold these administrative yeah. people accountable without hurting the team? Man, Mike, first of all, props for, man, riding the fence like I've never seen, man. You were so close to going over that line and getting us in trouble. But you, fantastic job there, man. Man, I love the passion and all that. You know what? The the president who's no longer here is responsible for the last two coaching hires. At the end of the day, I get there's been some athletic director changes, but that's the guy, man. And I know he's beloved by a lot of people, but, man, I think he messed up on a lot of things with both how he's handled athletic directors and how he's handled coaching hires. But unfortunately, he's gone. So you, you can hold him accountable if you want, but he's on an Adirondack chair somewhere enjoying his retirement. Yeah, um, Not much we can do about that. But yeah, it is it, it is unfortunately starting to look more and more like there's some, there's some issues with this coaching staff. And again, Florida State's in a position I don't think you can make any changes right now, Tom. So, Gene, let me ask you this question before we get to Mike Norvell. Finally, he, he was available to the media, so we do have that presser. If we if we want to hear those words, we can. Sure. Uh, but um, if you're talking about the structure of the athletic department, for a long, long time, you know this better than just about anybody, certainly on the beat, but certainly you know outside of it as well. You didn't have the votes. You know, you didn't have – you couldn't earmark dollars the way you wanted to if you were an athletic director because you had to go to the boosters first. Now, a lot of times they'd rubber stamp it, but not all the time. Yeah. Now that there is something in place where you've got a five-person committee and essentially the university has three votes to do what it wants to do with the budget, how much more attractive is the position of athletic director at FSU than it was, say, two years ago? Well, yeah, these are some big questions. I mean, first of all, they, they botched the last – look, I, I don't want to – Coburn was brought in as an interim and he's hung out there for a while, but he was a financial guy to correct some of the stuff. And I think what he's done is some of it was been needed yep. to redline a lot of stuff and to get the budget intact. And that's fine. But I mean, when you go back to the last two between Wilcox and Spetman, I mean, it was just horrific hires of guys who did not know athletics, did not know how to run a program. Mm -hmm. And then when you go back to also the presidents have been involved in their micromanagement of athletics whether you go back to you know Barron sitting there and you know trashing the big 12 
when all that stuff was going on. It's just one thing after another. And a lot of this problem ultimately does go back to, I think, the administration. But you're going back, you can almost go back 10 years, 5, 10 years of stuff, decisions that were made back then that's affecting Florida State. Now, you can't hold those those people accountable. They're not here. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that I think you do need it's a good point. You need to bring in. Look, I like Coburn. I think he's done a good job in terms of some of the financial aspects. But I do at some point you need to bring in a bigger picture guy who knows athletics, who can get these go out and, get, you know, attract the big time coaches yep. and, and bring that stuff in. You need to give that person more autonomy to run the program right now because it's been micromanaged by the presidents the last few years. Yeah, it's indisputable that David Coburn was put in a nearly impossible position. Like that, nobody's going to mm-hmm. say that he was put into a position and he blew it. Like he had to come in and help and, and put out fires. And he did, largely speaking, like you're talking yeah. about with the budget. But you need to move forward at some point. Uh, do you want to go, Gene, to uh, another caller or two, or would you like to hear from Mike Norvell? Let, let's hear what Mike – I think people want to hear what Mike Norvell has to say because I'm sure this will be good. I'm sure he's got a good explanation for what happened today. All right. So, we'll so let's hear up. it. We'll pull that up right now. It'll be available in just a moment. Let me make sure that's unmuted. And away we go. Oh, so we got this on the field. Nice. Yeah, he's on the field. He looks thrilled. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> it's Mike Norvell. All right, guys. Uh, I'm disappointed in, uh, in the outcome of today. Uh, just no way did we play uh, really give ourselves a chance to, uh, to play winning football. I mean, yeah. Time to finish the game. You have six turnovers. You know, poor on third downs. Um, you know, we talked about penalties and the continued emphasis of having to eliminate that. I think in the first half, I mean, they converted on three, uh, three first downs. Uh, you're off the of penalties. Um, you know, we continue to, to see the, the mistakes that have, that have cost us in, in prior weeks. And, uh, you know, it's just not. It was not not doing a good enough job allowing that to show up on game day. And uh, the emphasis of practice. You know, there's hurting for these guys that are in the locker room. Uh, you know, a lot of work that goes invested, right? I mean, I, I believe in these guys. I believe in, in what they can do. I believe in what they can accomplish just in, in the moment. Uh, you know, we've got to keep that same belief and go out there and, and play to the level and coach the level that we're capable of. Um, you know, it's a, it's a disappointing outcome. You know, I thought we had our opportunities today to be able to get it flipped and we would have another negative that um, that would that would cost us in a critical situation. Uh, you got to give credit for Wake Forest for, for you know, how they played and what they did. Um, but, you know, we got to continue to focus on ourselves and got to continue to get better in everything that we're doing. Um, and it's top down, and uh, just like I told those guys, it 100% of it falls on my shoulders. I mean, it, it, I've got to have these guys better prepared to play. I've got to have them better prepared for them to go out there and execute. Uh, to take the things that we are emphasizing in practice, the things that we're emphasizing uh, every day in our program, and it's got to apply. Uh, we challenge, we push when it comes to discipline, when it comes to fundamentals. Uh, but in the moment, you know, I'm not doing a good enough job of um, you know, having that um, be showcased when we get our opportunities on game day. So uh, we are a young football team, and we've got to continue to grow. We've got to continue to believe. We've got to continue to push as you know, just like I told him, the, the, the standard of, of, of the expectation, you know, I'm not going to lower a standard of expectation, but we've got to make sure that we're uh, doing a better job of implementing, you know, those things throughout the course of the week and then allowing them to, to be applied on game day. Uh, so I do believe these guys, uh, I believe in who they are and uh, you know, what we're here to do. 
Are you seeing any positive signs of growth or is it discouraging that mistakes keep showing up and maybe what you got out of the gate today is maybe not what you expect after a loss you suffered last week? No, I don't. You know, it's disappointing. I mean, just to see the, the, the types of mistakes that showed up. I mean, that, those are the things I was, I was hopeful to, to see corrected. And, you know, the emphasis of them, uh, the, you know, all the things that we're trying to do to, to get that eliminated, uh, for, it not to, for it not to apply, you know, you know, it's just disappointing. I mean, there are there are positives within the within the program. It's positive within you know the, the, the growth in the individuals. It's just you know, in the moment. Uh, you know, we've got to we've got to do a better job of applying that on game day. Uh, you know, I'll go back and watch the film. I thought there was, I mean, there were there were some positives that showed up in just you know, heart resiliency in some in certain situations. Um, you know, the attitude of guys. It wasn't it wasn't everybody, and we got to continue to coach and correct all and. Uh, you know, but we're going to we're we're going to get it right. We're going to continue to work at it. What was the plan with the quarterbacks? Was it just to rotate them early and see what happened? Yeah, we knew. I mean, coming into it, um, you know, we we need we knew that we needed a spark with Jordan. Um, you know, with the, just the versatility of what he can bring in the run game, um, as well as the passing game, and you know, obviously with with McKenzie and and all the things that he can do. I mean, we knew we were going to play two, and we we're going to play him. Um, you know, pretty frequently. Um, you know, Jordan went out uh, there. There in the, uh, early in the second half, late in the first half, but uh, you know, early in the second half, uh, couldn't go back in, and so. Uh, but, but like I said, I mean, both those guys, they, they both have uh, you, know, you know really good skill sets. You know, we just got to make sure that you know, we're not we're not trying to do too much in some situations. But uh, you know, we, we totally plan on trying to play both. Alternating them like that. I mean, is there concern coming in, or maybe concern now after about? It seemed like it never really gotten rhythm early on, with going back and forth between the two. Well, I mean, just part. Part of it is, you know, we have early, you know, turnovers and, uh, you know, the, the the short yardage situations offensively. Um, you know, we got to extend drives to be able to get to get into that rhythm. Uh, that's something that's that's critical. Uh, you know, playing playing the quarterback spot. I mean, there's there's parts of it that are are fully rhythm based, and then there's there's some things that you know, as you as you sit there and you get your opportunities, you, know, you just got to go out there and, and play the level they're capable of. I mean, these guys know that. I mean, this we need both of them. Fully believe that. I think both have, have really good skill sets, um, you know, and who they are and what they're about. And that's that's what we're going to continue to help develop along the way. Coach, would you address the lack of continuity uh, with the offensive line this year with the injuries and not having the sense? That's, that's something. I mean, it's, it's no excuse in any and anything, but it's hurt. I mean, that's you know, Rob Scott. We're hopeful that we're going to get him back today. Try to go in pregame and just couldn't go, and then we had you know. Basically, reshuffle the line once again, um, you know, just for for different for different reasons throughout the course of the game. Um, but we gotta we gotta get those guys back. We gotta continue to develop and coach. Uh, you know, we still like, that's a position that is young, and you know, we've got young guys and newcomers and uh, you know, guys that are that are battling and working to try to improve. But I mean, it's definitely hurting. Mike, did the struggle of the Wildcat last week cause you not to use it this week? You've been really good in short yardage. Really, the first eleven games you were here. Using predominantly wildcat in those spots. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things that um, that you know, we had it as, as a secondary part of the uh, secondary part of the plan. Um, some things that we had that kind of got taken away there, uh, you know, later. Uh, some certain things that they'd shown that I don't didn't know that we would necessarily have the uh, the advantage for what we were looking for in some of the short yardage situations. Something we're going to continue to evaluate. I mean, that will be a part of our plans moving forward. Um, it was it was discussed, but. You know, just in the game week prep or something that we thought we had better.
when you, when you come off a loss like you did last weekend and then turn it over six times against uh, in this game, do you, do you uh, question's not the right word, but how much confidence do you still have in, in your message getting received by them and sticking with that message and, and keeping it going and having confidence that it's going to turn around? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's how I show up every day. And, you know, I believe in these guys. And I'm going to work my tail off for them. I'm going to work off for this program, for everything that we're, that we're striving to achieve. Uh, it's disappointing when you lose. And it's, I mean, it's sickening. And when you play and make the mistakes that cost you like that, um, you know, you have to continue to evaluate. You've got to continue to address. You've got to continue to invest. And you got to invest in them. You know, like I said, we are a young team. There's, there's, uh, yeah, we've got to have a, uh, a better sense of continuity and, and, and consistency in our actions uh, there on game day. But, uh, but, I, but I believe in what we're doing. I've been, it's been my entire playing and coaching career. I believe it's done to a, a, a certain way. And, you know, I've been fortunate to, to, to see it applied and work really well over that course of time. And it's going to, right, because we, we're about the right things. We're not about other, you know, they were about the right things. Let me say that. We're building these young men, and we're building them as players. We're going to build them as, uh, you know, who they are. And you know, at the end of the day, we've got to apply that and go out there and win football games because that's why I'm here, fully aware of that. So we're going to, we're going to continue to work, and uh, I don't I don't doubt the belief of the players and what we're asking them to do. We're asking the right things. At halftime, you guys are giving up a lot of yards, but you were still only down 13, and we're getting the ball coming out of halftime. Did you feel like the defense had done enough to give you a chance to get back? I mean, I did. You know, there, there were – there were some big plays that happened, some one-on-one plays. That, you know, we've got to get a, you know, like I said, just the, the, the things we talk about throughout the course of the week, we have to have an application. Um, and, you know, we got let, let receivers get behind us a few times. Um, yeah, that's a good offense. I mean, they, they, we knew that coming in. Um, they were going to have their plays. But then, you know, we can't let one play affect the next one as well. And uh, But when we got, we got the stop, held them to a field goal there, knew that if we – I mean, I was very confident. I was, I was confident throughout that we were going to make a run, that we were going to be able to put it together. Got down inside the five – or inside the ten-yard line and at the two-yard line twice um, and not able to, to get a, a first down and then, you know, turning the ball over. I mean, that's you know, that's 14 points. And it's a lot different at the end of the game, but those plays happen. All right, that was Mike Norvell, obviously sharing his thoughts post-game. You heard a lot of questions from our – intrepid reporters up there in uh, Winston-Salem. And one of those reporters is joining us right now, folks. It is the hardcore Corey Clark. What, what's up, Corey? And uh, obviously, go ahead with your initial thoughts on, on this particular gem of a football game. I, I'll be honest. I kind of liked what I saw. <laughs> a lot of fight. Like Corey coming in strong. Yeah. Sorry about the uh, angle, guys. I'm trying to figure out my phone. And when I do it sideways, it does that. So, which is weird. So, I'm going to have to do it the long way. But uh, look, man, I, I it was it was baffling. I, it was almost as baffling as uh, is last week. They they just don't seem to have a rhyme or reason to what they're doing on offense. Um, and as I write in a column that will be on Warchant very soon, um, I know the Wildcat got a lot of flack for what it did against Jacksonville State. The Wildcat was very good at this offense last year in short yardage. They picked up a lot of short yardage by snapping the ball to Corbin, and it did okay against Notre Dame, including the last touchdown of that game. But so then you get a little flack from the fans because of one game, and then you completely abandon it to the point that you have your miracle to be walking quarterback, try a design quarterback yeah. run on fourth and one and a half instead of getting giving it to Corbin. Like you either believe in what you're doing or you don't, and you wouldn't let some noise in the system from some fans keep you from doing what you believe in. And they believe in the Wildcat. Kenny Dillingham defended it. 
on Monday. And then today, in every short yardage system, they had, you know, the first drive of the second half is probably the most critical drive of the game. They get a third and one, third and two. And Jordan Travis is scrambling into a 10-yard sack, and they punt. Wake Forest goes down and scores, and the game's over, essentially. That's a wildcat play. That's always been a wildcat play for this offense. And it just feels like, again, they didn't lose because they didn't play the wildcat. But I think to a larger point, you wonder, okay, what what do they believe in that they're willing to stick? What do they stick to their guns? Because that's a play that's a big part of their offense, and they just completely um, wiped it away in one week. So how much did they believe in it anyway? Or clearly not, they weren't that strident in their belief on that play. And the short yardage was terrible today. Terrible. Well, the whole thing was terrible. It wasn't just short yardage. Well, Corey, first, we're very disappointed. We thought you'd be all curled up on Snuggy Hill over there. Oh, no. Sorry, they turned out the lights on us. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think yeah, I think the War Champ budget, we could bring some lights for you guys next time. Be out there on <laughs> Snuggy right. Hill. We can do that. But, no, that goes back to a great you, – you brought that up, and it almost seems like Tom kept bringing up the whole – so McKenzie goes out on the first drive, Jay Sean Corbin fumbles, and then they switch quarterbacks. Was that a panic move or was that – I mean, Mike Norvell said they designed to change the quarterbacks out. But you mentioned the, the uh, Wildcat system. It almost seems like this staff is just reacting like politics. It's yes. the wind. It's this way. It's that way. We're going to do whatever. The, I mean, is that, what's, is that what you're seeing what's going on here? That, again, that's why I bring up the Wildcat example. That seems very discouraging. Uh, that seems like almost like Willie Taggart when we kept asking him, why you don't, why do you why do you just not fair catch every kickoff? Because yeah. you're going to block in the back and you're going to start at the 12. And then the next year, all they did was fair catch. They didn't even teach kick returns. It didn't look like. They're like, <laughs> oh, we're just going to fair catch it because we can't teach it the right way. And it feels like this was just very reactionary. Um, everything, I thought starting Milton against Jacksonville State was reactionary. I thought what they did here was reactionary. I, I would assume they just had a plan that Travis was going to come and play the, the, that second series regardless of what happened. But, yeah, Milton throws a six-yard pass, nice, easy catch, and then the very next play, Corbin fumbles, and then Milton, I think, plays, I don't know, four more snaps the rest of the first half. It's Treshawn Ward has a 22-yard run, scores a touchdown on an eight-yard screen pass late in the first quarter, doesn't get another touch the rest of the first half. Again, they didn't have a ton of a ton of attempts in the second in the second quarter because their one scoring drive was a one play drive. But still, it's just things like that. They don't they don't really line up. And these guys, you know, we were sold the the reason Norvell is at Florida State is because his offense has put up a ton of points. And my column almost I know. Look, Adam Fuller isn't Mickey Andrews. We get it. But the defense wasn't the reason they lost this game. Defense yeah. wasn't good. Nobody's here arguing that. But Florida State's offense was abysmal for the second week in a row. They've now scored 31 points in two games after scoring 38 against Notre Dame. I don't know how you it, – it's that kind of going fluctuating like, okay, we're Wildcat, we're not Wildcat. We're Jordan Travis, now we're McKenzie Milton. Now we're Travis again. Now we're Milton again. Now Travis is hurt. Got to go back to Milton. You can't get any consistency or continuity that way. That's that's all. And I, I don't know why they did it. Uh, Milton practiced this week. Clearly he was the guy we thought. And then two plays in, you make a quarterback. You do, you do that thing with a quarterback again, just like you did last week. And it worked just as well. Of course, it's as simple as this. They have no identity on offense because it seems like the only that what they do well is you get in the eye and you run Ward, you run Corbin, and maybe even a little Toll Feely now and then when he's when he's playing well. And that seems to be the one thing they do well offensively. But they get away from it all the time. Is it and they change quarterbacks? They do all kind of crazy things. Is it just not having an identity? Yeah, they well they certainly don't have that gene. There's no other than they're not any good. I guess that could be an identity. <laughs> 
you're not good on offense. That could be an identity. Um, but yeah, they don't they don't know what they want to be. Um, I think they're a predominant run team. But yeah, and I and I, you've heard me. I thought uh, I thought Jordan Travis should have played against Jacksonville State. I think if he starts and plays that game, they win that game. I still think their record is one and two right now, not zero oh and three. But you know, you're one and two is better than zero oh and three. But the problem with Jordan Travis is what we just saw. He got hit in the first half. Crazy hail mary play there. Tried to come back in the second half. Got sacked again. That's a wrap. Who knows when we'll see him again? All so right. That's that's an issue with Jordan. Yep. Travis. I know what Tom's going to bring up. Tom, I want to hear this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Corey, in your opinion, is Jordan Travis 100 percent healthy when it comes before, to before? But even before that hit. Before the hit, in terms of his ability to be explosive with his legs. No, but I think I don't think it. To me, maybe he put on too much weight. Maybe I, maybe he's put he gained because I know he tried to put on weight so he could withstand these kind of hits. He does not. So there was a play. I think it was on that first drive of the second half where Ward has a nice run. And then for a first down, they're in Wake territory. He pulls it out on the next play, and it's him one-on-one with a cornerback, a Wake cornerback. Nobody else is on that side of the field. Last year, that's probably a touchdown. It's at least a 25-yard gain. He gets four yards on it. So, no, that's the thing. is, is, is Travis isn't even running like he ran last year. Yeah. Now, defenses, I don't think have caught – maybe they've caught on to it now, and it might not matter because he's hurt. But I think he his presence back there was still opening up some things. But now that we've seen him for – two and a half games. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's running yeah. and moving like he did last year, but I don't know if it's a health thing or just not as nimble as he was last year. I don't know. Yeah. Now Tom had brought that up earlier. It's just like, there's not the explosive plays are not there for Jordan Travis anymore, which again, if he can't do that and he's a- below average passer, what's the point? I, I, I don't know. Right. But then you have plays like Milton um, that, that yeah. Helton, I know it's kind of desperation. It's late in the game. But what are you doing? You're, you're, you don't have – who was the good receiver UCF had that he could just throw it up to and that kid would go yeah. make plays? Trey Sean or uh, Gabriel Davis or yeah, uh, Traquan Smith, either yeah. of them. Yeah, so he, Keyshawn Helton ain't that guy. <laughs> he's no, not he, Traquan Smith? No, he's not even – he's not the kid from Wake Forest. You can't just throw it up to your 5'7", 5'9", kid and think he's going to make a play. But that game, the game was already over by then. I, I thought, you know, Milton, Milton didn't look great either. But they don't know what they're going to be. Like, maybe yeah. Milton would look really good if you just said, you're the starter. And just start. But they haven't done that with either one of them yet this year. They didn't do it with Travis after the Notre Dame game, obviously. And they didn't do it with Milton after after the last game, obviously. So who's give, – give the starter starter reps. Mm-hmm. Travis can come in as a wild card if you need to, or vice versa. But let the starting quarterback be the starting quarterback. Don't take him out after two plays. That, yeah. that kind of uh, eliminates all the stuff you did during the week, in my in my opinion, anyway. Uh, I know, Corey, you, you you didn't blame it necessarily on the defense, but then again, we it's undeniable. They give it 27 points and a half to yeah. Wake. You had Brownlee again getting beat deep on a play. Every third and six seems like it's a simple seven, eight-yard pitch and catch down the middle of the field. Um, is Are we to the point what you're seeing? Does Norvell have to make a change or do something on the defensive side of the ball? Because you're just getting gutted. I mean, let's face it, if Wake would have kept going, they would have scored 50 probably in this game. They kind of slowed things down in the second half. But, I mean, that's just – they seem to have offense. You get it. There's been bad play calls. The offensive line has suffered massive injuries. You have guys out there you shouldn't have out there in certain positions. But they seem to have the personnel on defense, but they're getting gutted by average to below average teams here. Yeah, well, look, I, I don't understand. Again, this is something that I mentioned in the column that you can read soon on WordChain as soon as our boy Iris done editing it. Um, it shouldn't take too long. I write, I write pretty damn, darn clean, guys. Um, 
you know, why why do you why do you insist on having your corners play as if they're Deion Sanders and Terrell Buckley? Why are they always pressed up on you man to man? I just don't understand it. I, I I don't know if it's because in practice the Florida State receivers can't go make plays against them, but other receivers do it all the time. Like how in that spot is Jarian Jones just getting sprinted past? What defense is that? I, I just don't understand it. He just gets run past like he's not there. And then Jarvis Brownlee, the same thing. Like he wasn't run past, but they just throw it up because they know their guy's going to make a play because he's playing, um, you know, he's playing bump and run and he, there's a quick, easy release and he gets 40, 50 yards downfield. The corners aren't good enough to play like that. And I wish they would make an adjustment for that. You don't have Dion. You don't have Patrick Patterson or Jalen Ramsey. Maybe I should start using Jalen Ramsey. That's a more uh, current oh. legend to, to talk to use as an example. But I don't understand why you Wake Forest didn't do that. Wake Forest defense kept everything in front. They know their corners aren't great, and they play accordingly. Adam Fuller seems to think he's got these NFL guys out wide, and he, they're going to win their battles, even though they never do. They almost never do. Like kudos to Brownlee for deflecting that pass in the end zone, so home to a field goal right before the half. But other than that, those corners didn't do much of anything. Corey, so you compared uh, some of the stuff reactionary-wise that this staff is doing to maybe some of the stuff that Willie Taggart did in his in his time. Does this staff concern you in terms of on-the-field stuff, not off-the-field organization stuff, like just on-the-field performances and lack of explanations for why they do things? Are you starting to feel as concerned about this staff as you did Willie's staff, or are you not there yet? I'm not there yet, but we're we're on a rocket ship. To, to, to that level of concern. I, I'm not quite there yet, but we're getting close to the stratosphere. Just, you, you know, y'all watch that. I don't know if you if you played the part where I asked him about the Wildcat. Yep. Um, his answer to me just it just didn't make sense. I, I it, it seemed like just words to put together. There was no real reason why they why they scrapped it. And again, I know people hate the Wildcat. It's fine. I'm not I'm not using that as why they lost the game or why the offense wasn't very good. I'm just saying that's an example of maybe something you believed in your whole coaching career. You used it all the time. You used it last year, and then it just disappears after one bad performance against Jacksonville State. That's concerning to me that you let that dictate what you did this week and then didn't have a good answer for it. So, yeah, the, the look, the game strategy stuff has been a little bit troublesome. The fact that that defense still gives up plays like that is troublesome. But more than anything, Tom, the offense is, the offense is a wreck. It's a wreck, mm-hmm. and these are offensive guys. Dillingham's the twenty-something the protege, and, and Norvell's an offensive guy. That's why he's at Florida State. And this offense is—that's what's given me the most pause. What are you going to come in and say hello? They're closing the oh. box in ten there. minutes. We've got to go. That's it. I'm, I'm Thank you, Corey. Out, guys, believe the five me. stars kicking you out. <laughs> Safe travels. Thank you, Corey. Well, there he is, Corey Clark. <laughs> Kicked out of the press box. It, those demon deacons, man. They just like, get the F out of here. Come on, Wake Forest. <laughs> for exposure on the warchant.com. I mean, like, uh, how many Wake Forest fans were there? Maybe, you know, the same amount as the people that are watching right now, the warchant.com game show. You're getting- yeah. Hey, we have more people here than we're on Snuggy Hill. I saw those pictures. You know, we're asking questions, Gene, about recruiting in Florida State. We're recruiting like crazy for Wake Forest with what they've done today. So. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for kicking our boys out of the press box. We'll go back to the phone line, Gene, for a few more before wrapping it up, or, or would you like to uh, react to what Corey said first? No, I think I think Corey pretty much nailed it. There's this yep. function. I did want to ask him one last thing about 
I was curious about the mental state of this team after the Jacksonville State loss. Did he see, I mean, and Ira, too, is he's the master of looking at the sidelines, seeing the reactions of the guys. I was curious to the mental state because we've talked about, I think, 1-11 is a realistic possibility. And I just wonder emotionally, at this point, is this team, have they given up? Are they done? Uh, I guess we'll, we'll find out more, but I'm not optimistic about the next game either. No, so Gene, that was my number one concern this week. And, and no more callers for tonight. We have a list, and we're going to get to all of you who have called that are on hold right now. So stand by. We're going to get to you. One of my yeah, no more new callers, yeah. One of my concerns, uh, no more new callers is a good distinction. Gene, this week was, are they still going to be bought in? And I thought at the beginning of the game, they were ready to go. I thought in terms of the energy level and the intensity, I thought they were ready to go. We have to ask that same question. Once yeah. again, and eventually the answer is going to be no, unless we can win a damn football game at some point. And that is a scary proposition. Before we go back to the phone lines, one more reminder, everybody, the warchant.com post game show is brought to you by teampaper.com. Teampaper.com, a website created in the era of NILs to connect you to your favorite athletes at teampaper.com. You'll be able to connect with your favorite players via videos that they'll talk to you about uh, motivational tips, drills, coping mechanisms, you name it. They'll talk to you. Team Paper, 80% of every purchase goes right in the pockets of athletes that you love to support. And that's a cool thing. If you use code WARCHANT at the checkout area, the, uh, the old cart on teampaper.com, you will save $10 on the Tallahassee bundle. 16 different players as of kickoff tonight wow. are a part of teampaper.com. Again, guys, the result's not what we want. But these players do sacrifice a lot. And if they're getting failed by the coaching staff, that's not on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help them out, man. The NI, I mean, Team Paper, cool thing. Hey, by the way, Thomas, a shameless self-promotion. We did get a brewery sponsor here. So I'm going to keep doing this because I do have, yes, I'm going to do this. So right now, well, I'm not going to do, I'm drinking an Arkebrau, which is the oldest German brewery. So they're probably not watching this in Germany. But I also was drinking some uh, Tallahassee Brewing Company, the old Gord's Gone Wild. Do you have that one, Tom? I have not. And that really good. It's what I don't usually like pumpkin beers, but this is a good one. Okay. So yeah. we do, we like our craft beer. And I'm saying if you're a brewer out there, we will drink your beer online. We'll do it. Right, Tom? Will That's we do correct. it? We will do it. And that will be the first alcoholic beverage I will have had live. We'll during. wait. We're waiting for you, brewery sponsor. Right. Come in here. We want we want to hear from you and we want to drink your beer. So come on here. Thousands of fans are watching well, and they need to drown their miseries. That's right. In your brew. So that's right. Or, or a liquor company. I don't. Yes. I, okay. We could, we could do that. We could do some whiskey. I don't discriminate. We're going to need the hard stuff here pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, Seminole Bill. Hello, Seminole Bill and Crawford. Go ahead. Hey, uh, how y'all doing? Tom, Gene. Uh, I know how Gene's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, man. I, I'm knocking it back as fast as Get I can. <laughs> oh, man. I'm. Um, and where do you start? Um, from Notre Dame to where we are now, it's like we jumped off the high dive board with no water in the pool. We do, we just don't handle momentum shifts well. We can't keep it when we get it. Uh, we get that INT early on, then we give it right back on the fumble. And a lot of what Corey said has, has – I mean, he's, he's on, on point. Uh, defensively, um, yeah, the, the for sure the offense isn't helping them. They're, they're, they're not sustaining enough drives, and when they get the ball down, they're not putting it in the end zone or getting points. Uh, just too many silly things are happening, but – you know, fourth quarter play versus Jacksonville State, talking about the D, and then some of the things we're doing today, it's a, it's a bad look, a bad feel, and we're, we're always running guys on and off the field last minute. It just looks like we're not on that side of the ball very organized when we need to be, and how many third downs we're going to let them convert, you know? Uh, it's like you guys said, if we can't get off the field, uh, 
you know, they're going to sustain the drives and, and just gas our defense, you know, the, the whole game. And that's basically what they do. So it may be a time to, uh, as Tom said, to start looking for a change at DC. Um, Fuller's nice, but I think we need nasty. Um, we got Randy Shannon over there. Um, a nice little guy to have in your corner when he was DC at Miami back in the day, they were full speed, smash you up, you know, to the ball, intimidating. And they knew how to play pass defense. And, um, you know, Wake threw a pass down there. I don't know if you guys remember that they were there close to about the 10-yard line. They threw a pass. We had two guys on the guy they threw to. Both of them followed the guy like he was running deep. No one stayed short, and he hit the guy on, on the little skip route right there, right, yep. right over the goal line. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's just those things can't happen. I mean, you got two guys coming to the guy against TD. Yep. just makes no sense. And, and then the, the most alarming, we let their statue of a quarterback run on us like that. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know we may not have – some speed guys on our side to maybe replicate that, but that guy, Gene, you could beat him right now, right now. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that, but yeah, he's—I mean, he's not a total statue, but I understand your point. And the one thing I'd say about the defense today, Gene, that was a little bit disappointing. In fact, very disappointing. The pass rush wasn't as consistent as I thought it was going to be. Hartman had more time, more often than I thought he would. A couple of those plays that Seminole Bill is talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're getting to four and five seconds. At some point, somebody is going to come open. It's not that there weren't busts in coverage. There were. Absolutely, there were. But I thought the pass rush was going to be a lot more of a factor than it was today, and that was really, really disappointing. We're going to go to Ben in New Jersey. Ben in New Jersey, go ahead. You're on the Warchant.com postgame show. Hey, guys. Uh, so I've been watching Florida State football for about 20 years, and you guys know better than me how many coordinators that is. And, you know, throughout all that, I've been frustrated by a lot of coordinators' calls. But this is the first year I'm starting to really question, like, there's a fundamental, they're making the wrong call. So I've gotten a bunch of texts, I'm sure you guys have, of, you know, everyone is watching television or in the stands and saying that, you know, it's the wrong call that their guys are making. My question is, if you're Michael Alter, what are you telling Norvell of how to maintain the booster support? Because I can tell you right now, I know a decent chunk of boosters, they're dropping real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're not the only one, Ben. I'd say that uh, I'm sure Gene gets more of these than I do, but even I'm getting texts from people because I'm starting to age into the booster, people who have money, uh, part of my life. And uh, quite a few are texting me during the game saying, well, what, am I, what am I spending this money for? I don't know that you can say anything to the boosters right now. You need to put your head down and find a way to win a football game, Gene. And after last night watching Malik Cunningham and that Louisville offense, I, I don't yeah, think Malik Cunningham is a little better. scary. Yes. It, it, first of all, uh, Michael Offer done a great job. I think they're up to close to like 12. After being in the 9,000 range for boosters, he's a couple. they're close to 12,000 or they're over 12,000 new Booster, so he's done a tremendous job, and I'm sure his phone is being blown up, text and phone calls. Like, why are we? Why do we go back? What are we do buying into? Yep. Um, yeah. That it, it, this is ultimately what this is all about. One game is one game. It's humiliating. It's awful. But we're thinking long term. We're talking about recruiting class. We're talking about booster contributions. Mm-hmm. We're trying to build out a football complex. Any money for that? We've seen the plans have come out for the long term Doe Campbell Stadium, hundreds of millions of dollars to build all this. It, it all sounds great. But if you keep laying eggs every Saturday, it doesn't matter. None of that's going to happen. People aren't going to give money to this. Um, It is a little bit scary for the long-term proposition of this program uh, and the direction they're going. I I, I don't – other than going out at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter the organization. It doesn't matter anything else. 
got to start winning some games, and you can't look like dog poopy. I think I can say poopy, can I? I was about to say the other one. I think poopy's okay. Like a poo poo from a caller earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah, it was, was it Mike earlier who's riding that fence? I'm trying to ride that fence and not go too far over the over the threshold there and saying that stuff. But man, yeah. you can't lay an egg every Saturday. You got to go out and do something positive yep. because you got to give fans hope. You got to give recruits hope. You got to give the boosters hope. You got to give them something. And that was just complete cockapoo-poo, what we saw today. You can't do that anymore. You yeah. can't. Louisville can't roll in here and beat you by two, three touchdowns. You just That has to stop. Yeah, what I'd say, I'd use a term that's used in, in politics when one uh, part of the aisle wants to point at the other about economic policy. You've got to convince people that deficit spending is the right way to go. Because we don't have money right now. So you've got to find a way to borrow whatever you need to borrow, whatever the rate is, you've got to borrow the infrastructure needs to be fortified, and it needs to be fortified soon, or else this place isn't going to be attractive to anybody. Assistant coaches, position coaches, athletic directors, you've got to find a way to get more bells and whistles, uh, or you need to find a way f- to get football games. But frankly, right now, Gene, I think securing money might be an easier thing than winning football games, given where... Well, they've been, they've been, good, at, they've been good at getting recruits. They've been good at securing yeah. money the last year, but they're just not very good at winning football games. Yeah, absolutely. Michael in Jacksonville. You have been waiting for over a half an hour. Thank you for your patience, Michael. Welcome to the Warchant.com postgame show. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Um, so my question to you guys, why after McKenzie threw that interception in the fourth quarter and just looks distraught in the, you know, on the sideline, why are we not going to Chuba? Um, because honestly, there is no reason why you keep him in the game after that because he just looks distraught. Yeah. And a side note, uh, Brownlee should be benched. After last week, he should have been benched, in my opinion. Um, he looked like doo-doo or whatever, oh, the, whatever the other Mike was today. And so that's just my opinion. But after this week, you know, he, he let a lot of stuff go. And that's just me. But yeah, it's up to you guys. Like, like, so that that's um... – Gene, do you want to take that, or or you want me to uh, react to that particular call? Uh, which part of that? I mean, the Chuba thing. I, I I do think you're getting to that point on yep. the quarterback situation. Look, it looks like Jordan's hurt again. I mean, regardless, like you said, Tom, whether it was hurt or he put on weight and he's not explosive anymore, he obviously hurt his shoulder mm-hmm. in the game again. And I'm concerned about McKenzie. It doesn't. I mean, I just don't think the receivers are there for him, and he did not do well in that game. I, and I've heard positive things about Chuba making the prog. Chuba seems to be the mix of the two guys a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in terms of a guy who can be mobile and can do some things in that regard, and can also throw. He's got a stronger arm than I think maybe either of those guys do. Um, that may be the way to go. Yeah. So what I'd say is, if you ring that bell, it can't be unrung. If you go to yeah. in that moment, like I don't know that you can. Quit. But what are we? What, what are you trying to salvage at this point, Tom? Okay. What What are you doing? That, that's what, what's going? How's it going to get worse? That's correct. I agree with you there. But the prop you you need to know, and I this is they're not doing fundamental things. So I know this is a, kind of an in the weeds part and, and point. But you need to know how the locker room is going to react if you turn it over to Chuba. True. You you've got to know how that how that's going. Well, work. locker room said, "How did you react after the Jacksonville State game? You went out there, you embarrassed yourself on ESPN. If you're, you're an embarrassment right now, we are indeed. If you're going to do it, then that's it. Then that's the only way it can be. And if that pisses some guys off and they leave, 
So be it. But that's that. I think that is the problem with that decision. Is once you you better know what you're doing, and you better be committed to Chuba. If he throws three picks in a row, too bad. You know, maybe you go to Tate, but you can't go back to those other guys. Maybe you give it one more game or whatever with McKenzie. Yeah. But at some point, you need to say we need a Fisher Cup bait. You need well, to move forward. This is our future. McKenzie. I mean, Chuba's probably going to be your starter next year. At this right. point, I don't. I don't see any other way around that. Yeah. I mean, do you see any scenario? I've seen enough of Jordan Travis. I get it. I know he looked pretty good in the spring and he did all well and all this, but man, he's injury prone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look as explosive. He's, he's struggling with some things. McKenzie ain't going to be here next year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's your future. So get him out there, get him some reps. So uh, we now have two t-shirts that we need to make at warchant.com. He struggles with some things is one <laughs> we need to make. And the other is I have questions from an earlier caller tonight. I agree with both those points and Gene, you nailed it. You know, I, there isn't much to say about Jordan Travis unless his legs are as explosive as they used to be. He's our penultimate caller tonight. We're going to the 813, and we're going to Eric in Tampa. Eric, go. Oop, looks like Eric just dropped out. Kyle in Pearson, Florida. Kyle, go ahead. You are our final caller tonight. Make it count, brother. Okay, here's my big question. is We, we look at what our coaches said last year about Kando coming out of fall camp that he was un- blockable we look at this year with Briggs coming out and he breaks the rock and he does all these things these guys obviously seem to look at talent from the high school level and assess it well but are they assessing what our current players are capable of I mean we look at Blackman starting as quarterback last year and now McKenzie Milton and he seriously doesn't have it the same way so can we even believe in them? That's a, I mean, that's a fair question. Uh, the, yeah. one thing, the one thing I'd say on the Mackenzie Milton point, we had a couple callers in a row talking about it. Of course he looked distraught. Has he been allowed to get into a rhythm? No. How can you expect consistent results if he's going to go out, play a couple of plays, and then not see the field again until Jordan Travis comes out with an injury? Like You talk about one of the principles of coaching, Gene, that we are allowed to talk about as fans and media because it's so damn basic is – are you putting your players in the best position to be successful? Is Mackenzie Milton being put in the best position to be successful right now? No. No, he's not. Is Jordan Travis? No, because we're doing this mix and match thing, and then we're trying to ride a hot hand. Nobody's hands are hot. You're not allowed to get them warm. You're not even allowing them to get warm, and that's the frustrating thing, Gene. I will say Milton was out there for 90% of the game against Jacksonville State. had a chance to get in a rhythm, and he sure didn't do it then. Yeah. I just don't think he's the answer, and I don't think it's him so much. Look, he's he's almost three years removed from the injury, uh, which is horrific. It's an incredible story. He's able to even able to come back and do what he's done, right? But I think he's put in a bit position with a lousy offensive line. With, in my opinion, maybe the worst wide receiver core in the Power Five. Yep. He's yep. got to throw to guys who can't get separation. I think he's put in a position where he can't succeed. And I'm fine if you go in one more game. Like I said, I do think Chubb is a future. I think at some point you gotta you gotta go that route. Yeah, maybe go one more game against Louisville. You say McKenzie, you're a guy. Come hell or high water, you're taking every snap in this game because I don't think there's a choice at this point because I don't think Travis is going to be healthy. Right. You go out there and you do it. If you fail again. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're zero and four. We have to move on. We got to look to the future because this season is shot. So I, I would say that Tom, I think that would be the game plan if I'm the coach going in. 
I hope he's prepared, Chubba Purdy, that is, because we talked about yeah. after the first post-game show, which is you can't count on Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton to fin- to start a game and finish a game just because of Mackenzie's horrific injury and Jordan Travis' proclivity to come out of the game for whatever reason. It's like yeah. watching MJ Walker for FSU basketball. He's going to leave at some point. You just got to be prepared for it. Uh, any final thoughts you have, Gene, before we put this one to bed? Man, I, I keep I, I think I wrote the column. I gotta go back and find this one. I did a five takes. I think it was almost it was sometime in the late the Jimbo era when I said you hit rock bottom, man. I had no idea back then what rock bottom was. I thought that was I think it was the Louisville game yep. when you went up there with uh Lamar Jackson and you lost that game up there. I thought that was rock bottom. I thought this program made it worse and they've redefined that. Yep. Every they seem to continually do it every couple of weeks they do it, but I just can't imagine. I guess the only possible rock bottom you get worse than here, Tom, is if you lost to UMass. I think that would be it. I don't think there's any other possible way to do it. But I think 111 is realistically on the table at this point. Mm-hmm. And just some serious questions. This, I think I asked Mike Norvell this about going back to the drawing board. I think you almost need to do that. You need to go back. Whatever your game plan was going into this season is fail miserably. Mm-hmm. Something, whether that's getting rid of your defensive coordinator, whether that's changing your whole philosophy on offense. Whatever you've done going in, it's failing and it's failing miserably. You need to change it. Yeah, no doubt. And somebody said it earlier in the comments, Gene. It's like, you know, two rock bottoms in a row talking about wrestling finishers. Yes, you're mm-hmm. correct. It's like WrestleMania against Hulk Hogan back in my teenage years. You need multiple rock bottoms in order to feel the effect of what we're going through right now. Let me see if I can hang up on our guy and he'll actually get mad at me this time. Let's see. Is he going to tell me goodbye? No, he's not. See, no, he's done. Forget it. You keep hoping that he's not angry anymore. No, I keep hoping. He's giving up, Tom. He's giving up. I keep hoping for wins. I keep hoping for our guy to say goodbye. None of these things ever happen. But the good news is you're always covered on Warchant TV and at Warchant.com. Remember, it's not the result that you're hitting like or dislike for. It's our coverage and therapy we provide to you. So hit the thumbs up button, the subscribe button, and there's a bell. Every time we go live, we're bringing you new content. You will be alerted as such. So listen, guys, it's therapy for us, too. We appreciate you being here, and that's what we're always going to do is be here for you at Warchant TV and, of course, Warchant.com. You'll have the Corey's column. It should be up by now uh, because Ira got kicked out of the press conference, so I hope he or or out of the press box, so I hope he edited in time. The 3-2-1, the pro football focus grades, therapy. Oh, I bet those are going to be great, Tom. I can't wait to see those grades. We're going to provide you therapy, if nothing else. (laughs) For Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of Warchant.com, my name is Tom Lang. This has been the Warchant.com postgame show. Our thanks to Terry, our screener, all our callers, and the people who supported us tonight. We always thank you. And to TeamPaper.com for being a sponsor. We will talk to you next time.